Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. It's hard to convey the sense of weight of, of what happened in the room um, yesterday. Lots of things were happening around all of the rooms. Um, we had 450 people gathered in here yesterday from north, south, east, west. It's great that some uh, are, are able to be with us this morning as well. But there was just a, a, a weight in that moment um, that it was really important that we just brought it um, to um, our, our church family's attention of God, what you are doing um, amongst us. Um, so I, I want to, um, if we could flick over just to the screen again there, um, that would be super. So I, I just want to bring us, uh, this morning's another significant bit because actually what was prayed for here yesterday around the multiplication, we're going to be praying and, and seeing in front of us as we pray for David and Cheryl and their family on the move to, they've moved to Balana. We're going to be praying for them today. And we're seeing the first fruit of what God is saying that he's doing amongst us. And Phil is going to be praying over these guys as he's received this word of the multiplication. He's going to be praying and releasing it over David and, and Cheryl this morning. It's going to be beautiful. Um, I wanted to give just, like, in two minutes, a little bit of our, because you, you hear these names and connections and that thrown around, just to give us a little bit of a flow. We have Emmanuel Church, Emmanuel Church across the city, and we've already talked to you about our missional communities as well. We've highlighted them over the last few weeks. We have the church, the new building opened in Portadown. The imagery and the prophetic imagery of that was of, um, uh, of a, a two towers and the crossing over bit and the connection between the city being really, really important. Okay? Out of this house, and mainly under the, the leading and guidance of um, Al Emerson, who leads in Portadown, uh, Tabar was our tubber, it was established. Um, there's now around 14 churches that are connected in and look and support um, and apostolic covering, and I'll explain that in a moment, um, from um, the Tabar, basically family of churches. And that was our family gathering, the Tabar family gathering that was happening yesterday where everybody comes into the room together. Um, you'll then notice we've, we've 24-7 here, 24-7 prayer. 24-7, um, I've got two key elements in that. They want to resource the church um, in prayer, mobilizing people everywhere, um, anywhere to be praying. They provide resources to do that. One of their key models or initiatives or creative ideas around that has been the prayer room. Okay, So we have, in case you're new here and we haven't been talking about it that much, we have a prayer room here in our church. If you go out through the back doors, you take left, the first room on your left, there's a prayer room in there that's available for us um, to use. Over the last while, we haven't really had it operational. People that have known about it have been able to go in and use it, but we haven't, since COVID, fully brought it back into the fore. The exciting thing is that as of not this Monday, but next Monday, we're going to be reopening the prayer room. Okay? How this works is that you can simply book yourself a slot for an hour. Um, if you were getting good with QR codes, okay? So if you put your phone up to the screen, 
There'll be the little, on my phone, it's a little yellow logo that'll come up, and you can book yourself into the prayer room. Um, so you can book yourself in as a one-off slot for an hour, or you can book yourself in regularly saying, I'm going to take this same slot every, every week up until Christmas is basically when we have it opened up for. Um, usually, I'm just letting you know, we, I'd encourage you to, to do, if you're thinking of taking a slot, get that done sooner rather than later, um, and we'll put it up on our, on, through a, an email as well so that you can get all the link, but if you want to do it this morning, um, and you can sign up for, a, for an hour, basically, between now and Christmas, you can take a one-off hour, but let's start mobilizing and using the prayer room. Here on Friday night, 24-7 had their uh, a, a gathering, and they were announcing a, a year of prayer across the whole of island of Ireland, north and south, that in 2024, we're going to have a year of non-stop prayer, and they're looking churches to come in and say, okay, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do a blast of taking this really seriously, and we're going to try and cover every hour in the slot, and then we're going to hand the baton on to another church. And at the start of next year, we're going to be doing that. So basically, this is us helping to get, you heard of the Couch to 5K? This is us doing our Couch to 5K in prayer. We're getting it started. We're going to make the, the build up the, the, the muscle of praying. So we are, and into 2024, we really want to join in with crying out to what God is doing across our, our island. So I would love it, we would love it um, as a leadership if you could really get behind us in this, um, not, not because it's another initiative, um, this is just a way and a means because we're recognizing we want to um, give opportunity for calling out to God, and this is just a way and means to do that. It's a way and means for us to set aside some time from the distractions that are surrounding us to go, you know what, I'm just going to commit myself to, to praying and to seeking his face. Um, we would love it as, as you enter in that place that in, into the prayer room that you're going, I'm going to let my, my, my prayers go beyond me. I'm going to let my prayers go beyond me of praying for this town, of praying for this island, and of praying um, for the nations. And this covering of, we've Emmanuel, we've, we've Tubber, we've 24-7, the prayer element, another key part of what they do is they provide us with really good friendship. Um, at our, our senior leadership level, um, they provide us this thing that we're calling apostolic covering again, of they provide support, they provide relationship, they, they come and are really good at listening and speaking into some of the key decisions that we make um, as a church family. And even in those moments where things get a little bit sticky, they're, in, they're a trusted voice to come in and sort of advise on that. And, and as an eldership um, team, we've welcomed them. That's not something that's imposed upon us. As an eldership, we welcome their voice in um, around us. And, and basically, that's what apostolic covering is. For the, for the, the, the Tubber Network, it's relationship, it's support, it's coming in whenever there's a bit of what should we, we do here. It's connection. Um, and with it, this idea of keeping us, the apostle is it the sent one of keeping us sent. So it's this, the idea of keeping us moving and focused on the, on the mission that's in front of us. So that's just to give you a little bit of the, of the framework. Get signed up into the prayer room. And now we're going to bring up David and Cheryl. Give David and Cheryl a big round of applause, please. Oh, look at that jump, Cheryl. He's just he's showing off now. He's just showing off. 
Okay. Very good. Um, We want to pray for these guys. We want to join as a family to pray for them. Um, it's great that we've some other people from that are serving in the the West as well. Hey, Hannah. Um, so it's really great to to have you back in with us. How many weeks have we been away now? Nearly th- three. Nearly four. You can keep that one. All right, thanks. Okay. So nearly four weeks. They sort of slipped off radar because everything sort of happened quite quickly. So it is. It was like the we know God saying, we know God saying, we know God saying, and then there was like this suddenly, and David and Cheryl and the, the three boys disappeared in a summer over a, a Sunday over the summer. Um, so give us a little bit of just that journey, where you are now, and what can we be praying for, and then Phil is going to come and we're going to. Send you, send you out. Where we are now, we are in Balana. The part of the journey. The part of the journey. Here you talk about right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I suppose maybe even why, even maybe why, like it was so suddenly. Like I remember actually we were at like Patty and Tiffany's wedding talking to Simon Patterson going, I think you might need to take my boys back into school because we're not going. There's no house in Balana. So we were talking amongst you guys and actually Simon at that whim was like, have faith. Um, and we were just praying and fasting. So the first week of August, we're still going, God, are we getting our boys in school here or school there? Um, but God, miraculously, literally, there was a house that wasn't advertised on the housing things that got invited. We were invited to come in at literally half of the going rate of rental prices. Um, and it is right, it's walking distance into the town. Um, boys' schools are all really accessible. Like if we could have picked an area to live in, this is it. And um, so God was so, so good. So that's why it was so quick, because suddenly it was like, quick, register them in school. Please pray they get a place. Um, and that all happened. So Elijah got his first choice of school he wanted to. He's in a form class with another Christian lad that he's buddying around with now in town, which is just such an answer to prayer in that part of the world. Because we've journeyed with young people for many years who are just going, I'm the only Christian in school. Um, and so he has someone in his form class, which is amazing. Um, and the other two are loving their primary school, which is literally, again, walking distance from the house. So, so good. That's brilliant. So tell us a wee bit of what does this moment then look like for you um, as you get yourself settled and sort of trying to build connections? What's it, so what's get, it getting like? ourselves settled is, you know, we, Cheryl and I just sat down with no kids. They're all at school and we're going, right, what do we do now? <laughs> so... But we, we've felt strongly that, you know, our assignment for, for now is, you know, the Lord is asking us to pray and to worship on the ground. We really feel that in, in the atmosphere that something needs to be broken in the spirit. And we feel that, you know, to be pulling in worship to that space, to be pulling in prayer. So just for us personally, you know, we're just praying every day, worshiping every day. Our team haven't really been with us yet. So um, this week we're going to have more connection with our team. So we're going to be praying, worshiping with the team, getting to know our team more. We know them, but we don't know know them, if you know what I mean. So um, it's, it's really formational in that sense. So we're just uh, going to be praying, going to be worshiping. There are other churches within the town, little small pockets that we're going to be meeting with to pray with them as well. So it's just really... We're holding that position, trying to break through. So we would appreciate if you guys would come behind us, break through with us. And then we feel that, you know, God's going to speak and he's going to say, right, here's the next step. Mm. So 
Tell us just quickly some of the legacy of, of sort of that area, of some of the people that have been around that have been faithful in that. Be great. Um, how far do you want to go back? <laughs> so Patrick used to baptise. Um, no, like literally he did just up the road from, like on our road, there is actual stuff where Patrick was baptising people. Um, in the actual townland that we're in, is, I am going back now, sort of, so in the 600s, um, but there was actually a king of Connaught who basically abdicated his position because he came of faith because of Patrick's legacy. Um, and there was a whole other stuff went on in terms of murder and power and all this stuff because people were like scared he wanted power and earthly authority. And he's like, no, I just want to be a bishop in this area and lead people to Jesus. Um, but that's where we're living. Um, so there is very ancient Wales in the area. Um, but in terms of legacy, sort of in the past number of decades, um, anyone who was here yesterday would have seen Graham and Fran Wiley. Just incredible, incredible people in terms of what they've done in the land, the knocks they've taken, the churches they've planted, the pastors they've pastored. Um, but we get the privilege of being surrounded by those guys. They have walked the length and breadth, breadth of Connaught. Um, and I suppose they're even speaking to us going, we know God's got something here localised in Ballina, but we believe there's a greater field over Connaught for uh, you guys and the team. Um, and that's what's sort of happening. Bert and Val have been there for 21 years, again, sowing seeds in the community, loving people really well. And with that, I think, comes a real respect. So we're walking into something that's already been ploughed. So these people are just seen as spiritual authorities within the church. So pastors are coming to these guys, being mentored by them. Um, retreats, so like in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be helping to lead a young adults retreat. And these are young adults from all over the West who are gathering together, do a Bible study together, but they're coming. And then the people that come to are Burton Val's house going, can we just come to your house and just, you know, can you guys just pray over us and speak into our lives? Um, so just all those things have been happening but they're sensing now God, because and that's the invitation actually came from those guys for us to go, because they were sensing the Lord saying, now's the time, okay, now's the time to actually build. Um, and I think what's been really spoken over those guys is actually very much what was being spoken about at the weekend, um, was actually there was a David ministry that God had given them a dream that they had to sow into, um, but that actually now's the time to build. Um, and so therefore it's been this sort of almost a case of come in now, children in the spirit as well, and now's the time to build because in Solomon's temple and all that. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Does that give a picture? Yeah, it's so good seeing God work upstream, not only in as in months of getting the house and having it already planned, but in years and decades of what he's, he's doing. Um, Phil, will you come up? We're going we're gonna to pray for these guys. Actually, you know what? We'll bring you down because we'll get everybody gathered around you. Um, but be, be praying of them. They, we're going to be supporting. We, me, Phil and Dave got a road trip down to Ballina, so we did, um, with Phil's driving, and it was interesting. Um, <laughs> But uh, we, we got a trip down, uh, so we want to be showing support. We, as a family, we want get, to be getting behind them. We want to get behind them, supporting. <laughs> um, these things cost money, um, and we want to get behind them financially um, as a church. Equally, thank you to everybody in this fellowship that uh, have got behind them and have said, look, yeah, we want to we support. If you do want to do that, you can talk to the guys at the connection point at the back. Um, or talk to Lenny as well, because we do want to, to support them any way that we can. 
be praying for Elijah and Gideon and Seth along with them. Just that the Holy Spirit will be moving and, and flowing and working upstream and everything they're doing. Can we gather around them? Um, if you're connected in with them, come. But equally, this is our family. So let's stand. Stand together. Great, great, great. Yes. Um, we often say here in Emmanuel that you spell vision, M-O-N-E-Y. And um, it, it does take finance uh, for vision, and so we are so excited to commission these guys and send them out from Emmanuel today as part of our family. So God, we just ask you to come right now by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we, uh, we, we commission David and Cheryl today by the laying on of hands. And Lord, we send them out as an eldership and as a family with their boys. And Lord, we just pray, Father, your presence to surround and invade every area of their lives. We send them forth, Father. We pray, God, protection over them. Lord, we um, look forward to the stories from Connet um, coming home to Emmanuel. Lord, we pray, Father, that you would just go before them in areas of ministry. I pray, God, that you would align people to talk with. I pray, God, that they find um, the, the men and women of peace in the area that will uh, open up wells of, of blessing. Lord, we just pray, Father, your heart and your passion and your name to be upon them. Father, I pray, God, even that anointing like Peter of old, whose very shadow um, uh, touched people's lives as he would walk past. I pray, God, that these people, um, David and Cheryl and Bellina, Lord, I pray for the boys in the school. Lord, I just pray, God, that they too will carry that anointing. Father, thank you for the family they are. And so, God, we just send them forth, and we pray that protection all around their boys as well. Lord, we pray a hedge of protection. Psalm 91, over your home, no arrow by day, no terror by night. I pray that the angels will be given charge over you, lest even any of your boys would dash their foot against a stone. And Lord, we just pray that over them right now in the name of Jesus, and we seal your word over them, Lord. We seal it in the name of Jesus, and we send them forth today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give them a round of applause? Great, great, great. Would somebody mention to the, the kids leaders, I, I would love us, you know, maybe at 22 if the kids would all come in. I'd just love as we, we've been responding every week by finishing with communion. And it just would be really lovely as a family, we're sending a family out. And it'd be lovely that the families could come and have communion together, wouldn't it? As a, a sort of a response to say, we are a family and we are sending a family out on mission. So if we prep the kids for about 22, um, that would be great if that's, if that's all right. Um, and uh, you just look out for your own kids. Don't be taking anybody else's now. All right. Um, 
We, we have been really excited about this, and I know there's been loads of information over September, but we felt it really, really important, and we built it all around this verse, this key verse in Acts 2 um, about the devotion, and I put my devotion continuum up that many of you who've been about Emmanuel have seen that we um, try to examine what is our, where do we put ourselves in the devotion continuum? Are we a are we down low? Are we a two or a three? Or are we an eight or a nine? Where are we when we come to devotion? We realize that these early disciples were high on the spectrum. They were high on the continuum of devotion. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And as the book of Acts develops, because we based this whole month around the growing church, we see various times where the kingdom had to be ordered something, there had to be a, a sort of a new order brought in, because, and it was always because of growth. And as a matter of fact, if you span over four big growth spurts in the church, you'll find them here, and um, they probably cover the guts of 20 years, actually, and probably 25 years um, or thereabouts, all right? So um, the first one, Acts 1 through to Acts 6, we see the church built in Jerusalem. We talked about this last week, that the church had grown by thousands and thousands of people, 3,000 and uh, Acts 2, 4,000 um, or 5,000, 4,000 men, not counting women, children, Acts 4, on and on we go. And so the church is growing at this phenomenal, but it's still a local church. It's still a church in Jerusalem. And we reckon there probably had loads of missional communities. And the church is about five years old and they hit a bit of a crisis because the compassion ministry is, and the church has grown at such a uh, a volume, the uh, apostles then get together and say, we need to make sure this is Holy Spirit led, but some of us need to give ourselves to um, the, the word and to prayer. And so basically, um, it was a bit of an amber light moment. And then um, we have Stephen's persecution in Acts 6, Acts 7, and um, the church is growing now by persecution, and it's beginning to scatter, it's beginning to move into areas like Judea and Samaria, and Bellana and places like that, and Kara and Craig Evan, and it's moving out just because it, it can't all happen in one place, and the church now is about 10 years old. And then when you go into the next section, nine, we have Peter's vision, and Peter has this vision at night where he sees um, all these unclean animals, and God tells him to rise and eat, and he says, I'm not going to eat what's unclean, and God challenges him, how, you dare, how dare you call what I give you to eat unclean? And of course, the call was to the Gentiles, and in Acts 10, we have him going to the house of Cornelius, and the church in the Gentile nations is born. You see, all of this is expansion, 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 and then when you come to chapter 12, of course, chapter um, 11, 12, uh, Chapter 11 is a big, big church in Jerusalem. Chapter 12, you have the persecution again. Um, James gets beheaded. Peter gets imprisoned. Um, the church begins to grow. Barnabas goes and looks for this guy, Paul, who's been off the scene for a number of years, 14 to be exactly, pulls him in, and the church begins to grow again. And now we're about uh, into, at that stage, 25 years down into the, the birth of this church. And all of these growth spurts were recognized by a common language <clears throat> and how we can actually um, decipher these four growth spurts is by those four verses. And if you look up, and I'll save you the time, if you look up those four verses 
in, in the end of each of one of those sections, you'll find this is what it says in around the same language. It says, so the, the church um, grew, there was expansion, uh, they were strengthened in their faith, and they continually increased in number day after day, all right? The growth of the church came through a mixture of ordinary people like David and Cheryl going to Bellina, scattering the gospel, and the oversight and architecture of gifted apostles and apostolic teams helped this um, shape in some form or another. And so what's happening here, and I think what's happening here, and what's happening in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit is moving, and he's the catalyst of a a wild sort of spontaneous expansion of the church. And, um, uh, and of course, he is the master architect, the Holy Spirit of ordering the household of faith. And so when it comes to this church that's expanding and establishing, and they have to try and figure out if you establish a home and a family, what happens when it expands? Those of us who are now grandparents know um, that, that things change when your family leaves and then they start to come home again and bring more with them. And so the, your home is expanding, but it's establishing, expanding, establishing. And so um, what happens then, uh, Paul comes on the scene and Paul sort of is this guy, he's given the anointing to preach and he's given this anointing to make and see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So there's a mystery to this. There's a mystery to this. And um, <clears throat> we made fun of these words a number of years ago. I'll love these words. Uh, oikos, which is the Greek word for a household of faith. So what was happening as the church was beginning to expand, these little households of faith like what David and Cheryl have now began in Bellina, this, these, they, they were, they were, something was beginning to happen and the Holy Spirit was moving and people were starting to be um, touched. And then what happened is Paul comes on the scene and he gets this thing called an oikonoma. And it's not something you need a tablet for, don't worry. Um, this oikonoma was basically the grace was given to, to Paul, the grace to bring the revelation to the ordering of the household of faith. And so what David and Cheryl have done this morning, they're saying, we, we feel called to Bellina, but we would love you to send us. We would love you to help us bring order, bring some kind of household management to it. And as it grows, that's what we'll do because we're family. And this is where Tabar and 24-7, and where we all interlink as a family of families. And so Paul, this guy, Paul was quite incredible because we're told that um, in 1 Corinthians 3, by the grace of God given me, he said, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. So there was a significant part of this and one of the significant parts of sending was building leaders. And so why we spent all day Friday here with 80 of senior leaders and elders in the room to uh, see God really instill something into them because what Paul did as he moved on from church to church when he said to Titus, he said, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So you can see, so by the time we get to Acts 13, we, uh, which we read in a minute, 
there has been a great emergence of resource churches, Antioch types of church, the Great Commission was unfolding, and this pattern also begins to happen in places like Ephesus and and, and Corinth, which maybe has a little bit of a different context, but they became hot spots, really. They became like, like, um, like uh, torch churches. They became churches that, that carried a torch for something. They were flagship churches, strongholds for the kingdom, that, and God raised up significant breakthroughs to reach wider regions and nations. And so Pete's word yesterday was, Um, multiplication times 10. And he said 14 churches would become 140 churches. And that's daunting. It's daunting because um, what's happening, God's beginning to move again in our nation like never before. I, for one, am desperately excited. There was a little moment yesterday as I, I've never been crowd surfed before. And um, as Pete said, could we get a verse for it? Probably not, but it was great fun. It was great fun, and, um, and, and the fact of being held, um, and I know we make fun and had a laugh at Andy holding my hand, but there was something prophetic about that. I felt if I need a wingman, Andy's my man, and, um, and, and, uh, but when I got to the back, I don't know if you noticed, um, Lindsay Clark sent me a little video, and it's a bit clearer than that. When I got to the back, Al beat me down. He, he, went, like, he went like a train down. And he walked around the back and he was there when I got to the back and we hugged. And there was something in that moment broke in my spirit. It was a key moment that God, we've worked together, as you know, for 20 years plus. But there was a key moment that um, sort of I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, it's not over yet, Phil. It's not over yet. And, And what you've seen prophetically, and what you've seen with the spiritual eye, you're going to see with the physical eye. And so there's something happening. Of course, we know this. We know that, that God give these offices to the church, pastors and, and, and teachers and prophets and evangelists and apostles have put them all out of order. But these gifts are equipping gifts to help equip the saints to do the work. They're not to do the work. They're equipping the saints. That's what we've spent the last 48 hours doing equipping people, and the New Testament churches were not independent, but they were connected to one another, and they lovingly supported each other by these apostolic gifts, and that's what I love, and that's what I think happened here over the last 48 hours. It was a beautiful moment. The church was born in Jerusalem, but it grew up in Antioch. It was born in Jerusalem, but it grew up in Antioch, and persecution come, pushed it all out, and Antioch is now moving from being a great seeding church. <laughs> Dave and I and Rick had a laugh about this because I've said this several times and Dave kept thinking I thought seeding, S-E-E-D, but um, I'm talking about seating, seats that moved from a seating church to a sending church. And basically what they did, this, this, is, this was what led to Paul's first missionary journey. And just to read these two passages and then I'll stop because these are, these are These are the passages that I think are really powerful because it says, you see, halfway down there, one day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I love that, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have called them to do. See, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so Barnabas and Saul were sent out, just what we're doing with David and Cheryl. They're called by the Holy Spirit. They're not called by us. They're called by the Holy Spirit to do this. And we're just doing in conjunction with them, laying on of hands and sending 
them out. And so the work of Paul and Barnabas set out to do was, and Paul became the master strategizer that will become more and more evident if you read on in the book of Acts. But just to put two passages up, because these are the fulfillment. And this is the fulfillment, and it's emotional actually when you see this happening, because this is the fulfillment of of what happened, what's, what's happened here this morning. This is the fulfillment of the Great Commission. This is the fulfillment of one of the most beautiful passages in Scripture. I've been given all authority, Jesus told them, in heaven and earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, Connaught, Balanah, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach the, the new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. Cheryl and David, be sure of this. He's with you every step of the way. I love that. I love that promise. He's going to be there every step of the way. And this is the this this passage, these are timeless passages. Here's the second one. Um, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking them, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore a kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has authority to set those times and dates. And they're not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you are to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And these are these two passages living out right now here before our very eyes in present context, which is beautiful. And Paul is about to step into his calling. The churches are growing. They're strengthening in faith and they're multiplying day after day. One little thing, just as I'm closed. Some of the key patterns, I think there's three probably big key patterns that I see in the New Testament that happened when people were set out. I think um, mature, gifted leaders were sent out from a church where they were vitally involved as leaders. We've loved David and Cheryl's involvement here over the last number of years. If, if I, were, I was thinking this morning, if we were to call everyone, all their friends up, the whole church would come up. They're not sort of a couple... And uh, I love that about them. They were, they're gifted leaders. And they were sent out to do a specific work in a specific place and to redeem back cities and nations. And that's what they're going to do. And the south of Ireland, we know, is a, hasn't been a, an easy place. I'm catching David's eye. And David and Rosemary have worked in the south for years and years and years. And they know the score of that. It's a different place than here than the north. And um, so... Uh, they, need, they need our prayers. And they did this, united and bonded in a way with the sending church. So we're, we're not kicking them out. <laughs> we're sending them out. All right? And they're part of us. And so we will continue to drive to Balana. I'll drive slower the next time, Rick, I promise. We will continue to minister in. We will continue. They will continue to come back here. This is their home. They will continue. We, we, this is our home church. And we will, we will support them in every way we can. But they'll come and they'll give us reports. And we'll go and we'll help and we'll bless. And so um, we're going we're gonna to remember the Lord. Remember the team would come up. And are the kids back in? Are the kids coming in? Yes. Brilliant. Um, Look out for your own kids, will you, please? And uh, I'd love us just to do this together. The journey has been amazing. The last 27 years of, of this church has been pretty incredible. Yesterday was a really emotional day. And um, I think it only hit me when I got home. And watching it again this morning, it is pretty emotional. And, and so I just think that God is doing something very, very powerful in our day, in our time. 
excited to see what this next season holds. And I'd love us to seal it as a family. As we send a family out, can we seal it as families together? If your families are here, um, let's do it. And, and you know what? If, your fam- if you're not here with a family, if you're not here with some of your family, you ask somebody beside you to be your friend. <laughs> it's lovely to break bread together. Sometimes Rick and Dave and I do this at the front where we just, if we're here with our families, we do it with our families. But if we're here without our families, we do it together. And um, just, just let's do this as a response today, as a bond of fellowship to say, hey, we're in this together. We're family. And sometimes in church, we can use that glibly. And um, I want us to use it with a reality to it this morning. So maybe the guys would get ready to serve and and I think the kids are coming in now so Father, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. What I'd love to do, there's four tables. There's two at the back. There's two at the front. I'd love you to start moving now. I want to pray. I've done this for the last two or three weeks. I just, I've loved praying over you as you move. And so if you start to go, I'm going to pray as you go. The kids are, I think the kids are coming. I see them starting to drift in. So... If you have got kids, wait on them. If you've got kids, wait on them. Good. Father, we just thank you for families in this place. We thank you for this house. We thank you, Father, for... um, We just thank you for Jesus. Thank you that it's all about him. A little piece of bread little cup this morning that reminds us of the body of the Lord Jesus and the blood of the Lord Jesus. Reminds us of the greatest act in history, the act of redemptive power that would transfer us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And for that we are so indebted. And we were encouraged yesterday that Jesus insists on our friendship, not just our servanthood. He insists on our friendship. He says a servant um, doesn't know uh, all about his master, but he said, I have called you friends. And so God, we just thank you for the friendship of the kingdom of heaven upon our lives. And God, I pray over the families. I pray over the kids coming in. I pray, God, as families join together and remember you this morning, as friends break bread together this morning, that there will be a bond and unity. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, we pray.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.